0: Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order, additional term supply.
1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, from the ABC 10 studios, very well-dressed, host of the Locked on Kings podcast, our good friend, Matthew George. Hello. You wanted me to redo all of that just so you could say hello like that?
1: Yeah, top of the show. Let's just, no, let's just re-rack it. You that's know, you're, you'd be better off, honestly, putting Jesse uh, back on the Jesse screen.
2: just hit the dump uh, button. They- we're fine. No one even knows anything happened. It's, it's, it's all good, my friend. It is all good. Uh, clearly, you're dressed as if you're ready for the return of Sacramento Kings basketball tonight. We were just talking about And I, I really didn't think about this till earlier this week. This is Victor Wimanyama's first appearance here in Sacramento.
1: I'm very excited to see him in person, like just to see because to me, the NBA has kind of killed the Wemby hype just Mm -hmm. by forcing the Spurs down our throats on pause on um, uh, just national television all year long. So to finally be able to actually see him in person for the just crazy athlete and, 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 and like gifted freak of nature that he is. Like the like people were pointing out too, uh that. Like, I guess he was caught on camera talking to Shaq during all-star weekend. And he made Shaq look like short, which is just incredible. So I'm very much looking forward to seeing Wemby in person. That being said, I don't want to see a competitive basketball game tonight. And mm-hmm. and I know DeMondis Sabonis is likely not playing because of the illness uh, that, that, that he has. But I mean, I, I put it out there pretty clearly when I, I saw that report, like, the Kings have used their get-out-of-jail-free cards. The Kings have used up their wiggle room when it comes to not just losses against bad teams at home. Like, they, they burnt that when they lost to Charlotte and they lost to Detroit a couple of weeks ago. They've used up their wiggle room to to drop winnable games, especially at home, period, with this Western Conference race picking up. So I'm excited to see Victor Winbanyama in person. As soon as the game starts, I want him to look like a rookie against a playoff team. I'm excited to see who steps up for DeMondis Sabonis because Sabonis is consistently the guy that's bringing it every single night. Is it going to be De'Aaron? Is it going to be Malik? Is it going to be a rejuvenated entire Sacramento Kings team? All I know is the only expectation that I have is what you just said. The Kings set the tone and the Sacramento Kings win this basketball game. Hmm. And to me, there are, there is a bad way to win this game. They all count the same towards the Kings making the playoffs. But I think tonight is also about sending a message the same way the Kings sent a message coming out of the All-Star break last year. They heard all the noise. They heard all the crap about, hey, this team is inexperienced and all these experienced playoff teams are gunning for them now. They have a target on their back. They made these moves at the trade deadline. The Kings came out of the All-Star break hotter than anybody else in the league and secured that third seat. You've been there, done that. Do it again. That's what I want to see.
2: If I were a Sacramento Kings skeptic, it's kind of what Jesse and I were just talking about right now. If I were if I were a skeptic uh, on the Sacramento Kings, be it a fan or a detractor or whatever, how would you sell me on, given the Kings' season, the ups, the downs, I think you once had a tweet that I got a chuckle out of, stop this roller coaster, I'm ready to get off. How would you sell to someone, now nah, the Kings are going to be just fine this final 27 games of the season?
1: boy, I'd be trying to sell it to myself too. Honestly, Mm -hmm. I I think I would lean back on last season's experience and I would lean on the fact that I still don't think with the exception of a handful of games, we still haven't seen this team at its best. Now, the counter to that would be, are they ever going to reach that best, right? Are they going to reach that potential? And the answer to that is, I have no idea, but this Kings team is still, what are they? Seven, eight games over 500, wherever they're at right now. And they, have not looked like themselves offensively. The defense is slightly improved. I think you can make a case for at one point or another throughout this entire season, at least one of the core four Kings players, being the big three and then Malik Monk, has been in a rut. At, at some point, whether it was Keegan starting off slow, having a, having a really poor month of November, DeMondis Sabonis was not necessarily – I mean, he's been playing fine, but he didn't have all the triple-doubles and certainly wasn't scoring earlier in the season to the way that he's been scoring recently. Of course, while he's been scoring recently – De'Aaron Fox was in that little bit of a rut, and Fox is starting to climb out of it. Then you know, Malik Monk went through like a two-week stretch where he wasn't scoring. He's exploded out of it. Keegan Murray is back in a shooting slump, not to mention the disappearing act and appearance of, of two of your starters and Harrison Barnes and uh, and Kevin Herter. Like, this Kings team has just not been able to get on the same page yet, And but we've seen in games where they are. There was a game at home recently it might have been the Orlando double overtime game. There was a victory at home where the Kings had four or five players finish with 20 plus points. The Kings consistently win games when they have five or six players scoring double figures. We haven't seen that as much this year as we saw last year. So the best version of the Kings, I still think, is still yet to come. However, time is running out.
2: It is. Why um, another, another we you know, we were just talking, Jesse and I were just talking. This team seems to be like so self aware. And, you know, go back to the earlier media sessions this week with Mike Brown and, and De'Aaron Fox and even, you know, yesterday with Malik and, and, and HB as well. This this team is aware of its faults. It's aware of its issues on the defensive end. It's aware of that like ridiculous three point defensive percentage stat that is out there, how they're one of the worst in history uh, in terms of guarding the three point line. We have talked about the T.J. McConnell defense soundbite from Mike Brown, how Mike Brown was talking about how to play defense on T.J. McConnell, and it was the exact opposite way that the Sacramento Kings were actually playing defense in the game that just ended. This team seems so self-aware of its issues, but, man, it feels like it has a really difficult time of executing what they're talking about.
1: Yeah, well, first, if I can flex on Sacramento a little bit, Sacramento's radio shows, Sacramento's podcasts, and most importantly, Sacramento's fan base knows ball. So we're clearly pointing out and seeing the same things that everybody else has seen and that the Sacramento Kings, their scouting department, their brilliant minds in that organization, plus head coach Mike Brown and the players themselves are seeing too. So one, we know our team here in Sacramento. Number two is it's like a glass half full, glass half empty way of looking at it, in my opinion. Like The Kings have clear issues that we've identified. We know that if they fix those issues, they're probably well on their way to being a great basketball team. The problem is they have the same clear issues that they cannot seem to address fully. And and I think that's kind of how Mike Brown feels to some extent too. I think Mike is also going like, hey guys, he's backed off on his early timeouts this year compared to last year. Like he's And he's brought up many, many times how he wants to get to a point as a coach. And this is not laziness. This is just in his experience, what it takes. He wants to get to a point as a coach where Steve Kerr was a handful of years ago, where he could sit back and kind of watch mm-hmm. and allow the, the, the team to handle themselves, allow the team to handle timeouts. Mike has re- repeatedly taken opportunities to take a step back and allow a player voice to take over a timeout or take over a huddle. And, and we've seen he's also more than willing to pass off uh, the mic or the torch to, to his assistant coaches when it's their their opportunity or, or their, it's in their best interest to help the team at that point in time. So. I think that's the thing. I think these, they know what's wrong. Like we all can see what's wrong. It's just when they're in the trenches, when they're on the floor, when they're actively going through it, there's a disconnect of what they're seeing and strategically how to handle it and actually applying what they've learned, actually applying like the things that you need to do. Now, I I think it's it's a lot easier said than done from the fan perspective, but I think that ultimately speaks to the biggest problem with this Kings roster, and that's the roster. Like, this roster has just got its holes. It has its pitfalls. It is not built to, to fully play the way that Mike Brown and the Sacramento Kings want to play. It's just not. Like, this, this team struggles with perimeter ends, not because these players aren't smart enough to know how to rotate. It's physically, athletically, effort-wise, they're just not built to play that way. Like I think it just it sometimes it's a simple answer. And that's that Mike needs Monty to go out and get some of those guys to help him play the way he wants to play. But that's a problem for tomorrow. That's right. a problem for this summer. Right. That, that that issue's over. Now you gotta build and go with what you got, which I think we need to refocus on the offensive end and just live with what you're gonna do on defense. Call from
3: mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game.
4: Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, I think that's the way a lot of Kings
2: fans feel. And sometimes I wonder if that's the way, based on, what was it? The post-trade deadline press conference? Is that when Monty talked? It felt like Monty was like, yeah, let's just get back to playing offense. Hey, I couldn't do anything for you on the defensive end, bro. Just get up and down. Get these dudes in a rhythm to hit a high clip of threes. And let's get to the top six and then see what we could do you know, defensively when we get to the playoffs. But I, I kind of get the sense that Monty was like, look, man, this is what we have. This is what we got. As a roster, this is what we have. Maybe it's not the defensive juggernaut that we all wanted, but we've got to get back to what we were offensively because the league, the league has surpassed us. We're not that much worse than we were offensively last year. It's just the league is significantly better. We've got to take a step forward in terms of what we do on the offensive end.
1: And I think the Kings can hang their hats a little bit more on how they performed in the playoffs defensively too. Like that was a number one versus number two offense. And both teams defensively looked better than they were offensively. Sacramento makes the shots that they're, they're used to making or shoots the percentages that they've been shooting all during the regular season, the Kings win that series. So I think there's also an element maybe from Monty and he might've let it slip with his, like, we just got to get to the playoffs comment, but like get there. And assume or hope or expect your offense to be better while your defense has shown that it can step up and play hard enough and play well enough to be able to win you a series or to be able to handle marquee prolific offenses like the Golden State Warriors of last year. Now, of course... Steph Curry had this games that he had in the 50 point game that he had. And there was one random game where Draymond beat you. So it's not like defensively the Kings were locked down that entire series. Yeah. But we all know the Kings did enough defensively to win that series. They did. And offensively, that's what let them down. So I think with this team, you just kind of like you've made your bed now lay in it like you are an offensive powered team. I know Mike doesn't want to be the Mike D'Antoni first or second round playoff exits for four straight years. Well, you know what? You've only been a playoff exit for one year. Make it to the playoffs again because of your offense. Maybe make some progress and get to year two, or sorry, the second series, the next round, because of your offense. And then when you get inevitably knocked out, which I think we all believe the Kings are, I would be shocked if the Kings made it past the second round. If they did, great. Awesome. That's that's more fuel for your fire and you have more context. But the whole point to me of this season now is how are you going to perform in this Western Conference playoff race where every single game has tremendous amount of meaning from here, here on out? And then when you hopefully get back to the playoffs and play in a series again, how much better do you look this year compared to last year? Find out who's for real and who's fallen behind, and you know who to replace this summer.
2: Yeah, I'm not going to put a ceiling on what Sacramento can, can do. I'm not going to predict them to win a series or the finals or anything of that sort, but I will say you got to get there. Yep. you got to get there. Missing the playoffs would be devastating for a variety of reasons. One from a just kind of a – morale standpoint, but more importantly, that draft pick, that that stupid Atlanta Hawks draft pick will just continue to linger around this organization if they miss the playoffs. Just make the playoffs. Put that stuff behind you. Uh, keep, it, keep it moving. This is a very, very important offseason one way or another uh, for Monty McNair coming up. But they have a 27-game stretch, as you pointed out, Matt. They excelled incredibly in the in the post. Uh, all-star game stretch last year, and it feels like this isn't the hottest take I'll ever have, man, it might just center around De'Aaron Fox again. Like, Domas has been phenomenal. You're going to need something from multiple guys. Everybody can't keep disappearing at the same time, but it starts with De'Aaron Fox, and if he's closer to that 28, 29, 30-point-per-game score, I think the Sacramento Kings are in great shape. If he's closer to the 22-23 point per game score, I think that's a tough. I think that's a that's a that's a tough gamble for Sacramento.
1: The Luke Walton saying lives on the head of the snake. I mean, it's it's just who DeAaron is and who he has to be for this team. There are there are good enough players in this roster is talented enough to where DeAaron doesn't have to be perfect every single night for the Kings to have a chance. That's the good news. The bad news is like the, the the wiggle room for De'Aaron, just like the wiggle room for the Sacramento Kings, is is cooked. Like, your safety net is cooked. De'Aaron has to be, hopefully, knock on wood, he doesn't get injury, injured or anything like that or have any more lingering injury issues than what he's already been battling with. But De'Aaron, he has to be the start of the season, De'Aaron, in my opinion, for the Kings to make the playoffs or just secure the playoffs outright you want to avoid the plan at all costs because we all have the doomsday scenario in our head of a a play-in game against the golden state warriors where we're all literally going to throw up regardless of how that game goes we're just not nobody wants to see it literally nobody i promise you the warriors don't want to see it either like
2: those games against the warriors are vomit inducing for sure
1: (laughs) so you just you want to avoid that at all costs and you're absolutely right it's going to be De'Aaron to take you there but also like this team really doesn't make excuses. We try and come up with explanations that, that borderline excuse from time to time. I don't want to hear anything involving fatigue or mental fatigue, physical fatigue, nothing for the remainder of this season, and certainly nothing tonight. I think Jesse put it best before I hopped on. Like There should be absolutely zero f- coming out flat for the Kings tonight against San Antonio at home you know what's at stake go out and send a message like that's that is the most inexcusable thing that the Sacramento Kings can do and i hope to god that this is the last we talk about it
2: uh confident they will
1: yes i do like i i believe in this team and i believe that they they recognize what's at stake and this team typically performs when they're at stake uh i'm looking forward to the pregame press conference too cuz i'm going to ask mike brown about what he learned or what he remembers from how they came out of the all-star break last season and how they can replicate that or what's different this time compared to that time. Cause knowing Mike, he'll give an insightful answer. So we'll keep an eye out for that.
2: Matt George, know you had to scramble around uh, a little bit to join us today. So appreciate you as always locked on Kings podcast, of course, ABC 10 as well. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever,
3: or you could conquer the weekend in the all new Hyundai Santa Fe.